It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to the FlowTrack Podcast. I am Kevin Sully. He is Gordon Mack. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. Subscribe to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube channel. Over on the FlowTrack YouTube channel, you can find all of the ranking shows that have been coming out this week, in addition to some race breakdowns. We have a very packed show today. Gordon, how are you doing? Doing good. Excited for, I think this is officially the first weekend of the 2022 track season. We've had a few like, you know, the Boston meet back in December. We had a mm. cross country meet in last week. But in reality, the real season starts today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. We're going to have basically track and road racing for the next 40 weeks or so, 40 to to 45 weeks. So I'm excited. Good. We don't need to make up topics anymore. We don't need to come up with stuff out of the blue and be like, hey, top five, six or quarter milers of all time, go. We don't need to do that. I was listening to a Sixers podcast, which I it's called the Rights to Ricky Sanchez, great podcast. And a caller, or not a caller, a emailer, emailed in and picked like the five slowest Sixers on the team. <laughs> the team is notorious for being slow, and then yeah. had them debate what would their finish order be in a hundred meter dash. And okay. It made me think about it. I was like, okay, because were you the you emailer? Think, like hundred meter dash for a basketball player might be kind of far. Because they're not used to running that far. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's very far. Uh, you said there's a surprise person running tonight indoors that you wanted to tell everybody about. Do you want to do that now or do you want to wait? I mean, I can do it now and you may want to talk about it first. I know we have the breaking news with the, uh, the doping um, FBI situation, but we'll start at the top. Can you guess who is running? A notable athlete who is running. Their season debut tonight, and the meet is on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And 
then Usain Bolt. It's in like the, no. I'll give you. I'll give you a closer heat. The meat is in Kentucky. Oh, wait a minute, Christian Coleman. Correct. Can you guess what event he's running? Two hundred. Three hundred. Nice. Love it. Love it. Okay. So, so Milrose won't be hit. It'll be his first sixty, but it won't be his first track race. So he preserves correct. the first sixty, but he's not going to go into that one that race rusty so he'll jump into a 300 good find Gordon. what do you think what do you think christian coleman can run a 300 in i don't know who, what anybody can run a 300 in because i don't have the times of 300s oriented in my brain is some somewhere between 20 seconds and 45 seconds seems like it would be a good time in the 300 i'm not sure it's been a while since we've seen a 200 really like a serious 200 from him i'm gonna look up what is the all-time 300s in u.s history indoors US history, this is a, this is a sentence that does not get me excited about indoor season what are the all okay noah lyles has run yeah. 31 87 that's number one and then number 10 all time is 32 46. so i'm looking at his, 31 87 his... 30 he's probably, probably going to run like He's probably going to run like 33 low. What do you think? First race since February of 2020. But I assume he's been getting sharp, getting ready for Milrose. The longer stuff, the last 200 he ran, Gordon, was 2019, July 2019. So he, he did run a couple there. But nothing he's been obviously way more 160 heavy since he became a yeah. pro i mean he, he ran i remember he ran the he ran the 200 at, at usa's in 2019 made the team and then scratched out of it for doha just to focus on on the 100 but primarily the focus has been way more on on the 100 so yeah get a chance to see him in the 300 33 26 there time to beat does That's he beat that college That's what. Does, Six years yeah. ago? Yeah. Does he do it? Does his 300-meter PR go down tonight? I don't know. I'm excited, though. I think we're going to see it. All right. Let's get into the show. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about the Boston Marathon men's field. We're going to preview the Houston uh, Marathon and Half Marathon, where you will be. But let's start first with a release from the U.S. Department of Justice. Very serious way to start the show, Gordon. So we have the first person being charged under this Rodchenko Act, which came into effect in 2020, which assigned prison sentences for people, non-athletes, who were part of a doping operation. And the Department of Justice released a statement a few days ago that they're charging Eric Lira with distributing multiple performance-enhancing drugs in an effort to corrupt the 2020 Olympics. And... It focuses on two athletes here, and in the release, it's listed as athlete number one and athlete number two. Now, you do not need to be an expert with Google to figure out that athlete number one, the identity, is Blessing Okabare. Basically, gives all the information in terms of how she was disqualified in the midst of the meet, and then they release text messages. And in the text messages, there's times, very specific times that are mentioned. Um, 
there that obviously indicate that it is Okabari. Um, don't know on athlete two, so we'll wait on athlete two uh, for a little bit. But first of all, what was your what was your reaction to reading this? There's a whole ten page PDF going into the investigation. It appears that by making this a criminal act and involving these these bigger players, that it's going to have an impact in terms of punishments and enforcement of anti-doping regulations throughout the United States as it relates to these global competitions. Yeah, it's weird, right? Because when you think of the FBI, like we've never considered doping a crime in America, right? It was just cheating on a game. Like, like mm -hmm. you just, it's a crime, it's a crime within the, the it's a rule breaking. It's not an actual mm -hmm. law breaking. You know, there's a difference between breaking rules and breaking laws. Um, yep. So it is kind of weird, like why, like the FBI involved with something like this. Um, I guess this is why they're doing it because I think people who are out there considering or currently doping, mm -hmm. they see this and then they'll realize, oh shit, I don't like, I don't know if I want to risk jail time. I'm willing to risk being banned from the sport and just retiring. I'm not sure if I'm risk, risking going to jail. Um, well, this and, isn't impacting athletes, though. This is just, the, you know, the athletes are exempt from this because I think the idea is they'll get their punishment within the course of, of their sport. This is targeting no, the people like Lyra who are providing the drugs. Yeah, well, I guess I'm, the accomplices of the athletes yes, yes, are yeah. going to be thinking, eh, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, you you yeah. figure it out on, on your own. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a unique thing because we we knew this was going to be a thing because they made this announcement a few years ago that they're going to start treating yeah. it as a crime, and now that we're seeing it in real life, it's like all right, this is real. This is going to happen. It's going to keep happening. Like if this happens again, if there's another person who is caught with steroids or HGH or whatever, mm -hmm. they're going to have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. It makes me think like, well. Well, is like the FBI, not to get off topic here, but like, is the FBI going to look into like Shelby Houlihan and the Nangelo thing? Like, figure out where, like, put an investigation into the burrito place or put an investigation mm -hmm. to her text messages to see mm -hmm. if she actually was not getting it from a burrito and getting it from somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Like, is that going to start happening? Like, are these FBI investigations? started for every positive doping um case that has been going up for the past 12 months 16 months what, well i think what it does provide though is if someone does test positive i think they're going to want to at least have a conversation with them and find out where they're getting it because the goal here you know it's not you don't want the low level people the people just using it you want to figure out how vast it goes and the reason it's a law it's kind of interesting in the pdf they trace it back because it's like basically they're saying it's defrauding the public because it's got to be this global event. And then it also has to be a global event. It said where there's like U.S. sponsorship money involved. Right. So they're basically saying the people who are providing drugs are corrupting this competition that you and these sponsors um, have invested in. And that's how they're able to write this law. So I don't know to what level of detail it's going to go to. But when I first read it and I read the, the, the brief before I went into the PDF, I thought, okay, well, 
she tests positive, then she gives up the information. But it's much deeper than that because it involves another athlete whose um, property was photographed by individual one who we don't know who that is. And then that information had the defendant's name on it. So it was going on before there was even a positive test. There was an investigation going on much, much deeper than that. I had two big takeaways though from it, Gordon. One, this is a real confirmation of why the whereabouts system needs to come into place. Because if you look at, you know, even the, the text messages that she sent to Lyra here, and she mentions taking a, an amount of a banned substance and, hey, am I okay to test? And he replied, yeah, it's a low dosage. But then the response was, uh, I wasn't sure, so I didn't take a test. I just let them go, so it will be a missed test. So, yes, there are oftentimes valid reasons for people to miss tests. People are human beings. People make mistakes. But that sentence right there is exhibit A for AIU and everybody in the anti-doping world for why the whereabouts system needs to be in place, why it forever will be there. And maybe because of this, they'll, they'll even tighten it. They'll say, hey, look, this is a person who clearly was you know, we have the evidence that they were clearly using PEDs and now we are going to go from three down to two. I'm not sure, but at the very least, you understand where that system comes from. The second thing that I thought was interesting was a lot of times there's so much ambiguity in these cases around anti-doping because it's just missed tests and we don't have a positive test because the substance could be cross-contamination because someone claims they didn't know and they just got it from their trainer or their manager. This is about as clear as you're going to get with the substances that were used. You have the substances of EPO, HGH. Everybody knows that. You have the clear mistest and you have the text messages, which remove any doubt that they knew what they were putting in their body. You add into it all the packages with the needles and, and everything. I mean, this is as clear as I think you're ever going to get in, in 2022, in the modern era of knowing what's going on with the doping case. So for all the ones where we don't have a clue and we're like, ah, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, this is a 180 on that. Because what they've laid out in this document is, you know, it connects every single dot pretty clearly here. Here's, so yeah, I mean, you, 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 there's a lot of smoking guns. Like the gun is so smoking, it's literally on fire, and mm -hmm. there's no like if ands abouts or this case would be th this the appeals case of this would be thrown out before they even get to say their first word because say you see this text message, yeah. Hola amigo, yeah. Eric, my body feels so good. I just ran ten sixty three in the hundred meter on Friday with a two point seven win. I am so happy, Eric. Whatever you did is working so well. Eric being the guy supplied her with EPO. So you can't really get around that. Well, now the question and then after the, at, hold on, after the test though, after the positive test, uh, she sent a, a, another message to him um, that says, call me urgently. They said one of my results came out positive on HGH. I don't understand. So yeah, before, during, after, all the, the, the connections to this gentleman are there. I would have liked to see if he reply. Or was it just like the, the empty text phrase, bubble? That phrase, call me urgently, I don't understand, makes me think that a lot of this anti-doping, like, 
people who supply it, communicate it to the athletes. It's all communicated to the athletes as, oh, don't worry, this won't be yeah. caught. Oh, don't worry, yeah. this is a gray area. Or don't worry, yeah. this is fine. Because I don't. She said, I don't understand how they found HGH into my system when I've been taking HGH for the season. It's like yeah. kind of like a delusion that you had in your brain. Like, how can you say that sentence out loud? I don't understand how they caught me with HGH. Well, you were mm -hmm. taking HGH. That's how they yeah. caught you. So. Yeah. Well, and even, even um, she's at the Olympics, I believe, and she says, uh, in Slovakia, leaving for Tokyo on Saturday, any final word, doctor? I know we can't do much at this moment. So she's basically saying, can't put any more banned substances in my body, otherwise it's going to come up with a positive test. And then he said, what you did is going to help you for the upcoming events. You are doing your part and you'll be ready to dominate. So, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing she thought, hey it should have cleared the system and maybe, and this is the, the part where, Hey, could they have potentially gotten away with this is just if he was better at managing the doses right now, there's the second part of the investigation where they have photographs of the physical doping material in athlete two's residence. And I, and it links back to athlete one. So th there was that part of it. So they didn't really necessarily need the positive test, but that's what pushes it over the top so let's get to that everyone when we see this report we knew athlete one we knew blessing okabare test positive she's out we knew that the fact that this involved the second person the second athlete and we know the following about this athlete based off of the report we know athlete two is a male we know athlete two was in the jacksonville area was basically residents in the jacksonville area we know athlete two likely trained under Raina Ryder of the Tumbleweed Track Club. And also, Athlete 2 was dealing with a hamstring injury in June. Mm -hmm. So let's break it down. First things, we can... There are how many people in the world? Billions? <laughs> right? There's what? How many billion people? A I didn't lot. know that's where well, you're going to go well, with this. You're really, you're really going big that picture. Number, we can cut that number in half, right? Because right. we know it's a male. Okay, then we can okay. cut that number to the state of Florida, which is like, right, you know, right. 10, 15 million people. Cut that in half. Then we can cut it in half to the city of Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Then we can cut it in half to people who are coached by Raina Ryder. And this is where the big drop comes. So here are the men who are coached by Raina Ryder. Now, I'm not trying to imply that all these men are doping because that this. There is no connection to that. All it is is that one of them is. Doesn't mean everyone else is. But when you see the names on the list that are coached by Rain and Ryder, you're like, you start, whoa, right? So you're Some like, big who names. is the person of these? They're big names. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully one of the big, the bigger, the bigger the name, the less likely they are to dope. You would hope it's the lesser the name and the ones that are doping, but you never know, right? So we have Andre DeGrasse, who we all know. Trayvon Burmel, who we all know. Omar McLeod, we all know. Divine Oduduru, who's Nigerian, same as Blessing Okabare, who we all know, great NCAA athlete, second or third year, two or three years removed from college. Adam Gamelli from Great Britain, and Taekwondo Tracy, Jamaican national champion in the 100. Now, there's connections for everyone, right? There's connections 
with divine Oduru because he's Nigerian and so is Blessing Okabare. There's, there's connections with Adam Gamelli and Triquando Tracy because both of those men dealt with hamstring injuries at the Olympics, right? The connection with Omar, Trayvon, and Andre, I don't really know what that would be. Um, so, I mean, it's less likely them. I'm not accusing yeah. any of these these six athletes, but it's one of them, right? It has to be, right? It has to be one of them that is athlete two who. Well, and if you're not that athlete in this situation, if you're not that athlete, you want the name to come up because you don't yeah. want any suspicion around you as well. And I expect that we will find out who that is because I'm guessing there's cooperation here between the Department of Justice and AIU and the amount of information that was gathered at this athlete's residence is damning to say the least. And there, there are photographs of all these um, banned materials. The hamstring injury kind of trips me up a little bit though, because that could be anybody. Like sprinters have hamstring injuries and maybe mm. some are public and maybe some aren't public. So I'm hesitant to read too much into that. I think an, an interesting fact, and I, listen, I don't think we should do this on, on the show because, again, we'll fight, figure out eventually, but people can get, get on a Reddit message board and, and, and put the, you know, do the whole Always Sunny in Philadelphia corkboard and stuff. But the, the thing is, the, um, it says on or about July 12th and 13th, individual one, who we also don't know, who I'd be interested in knowing who that is, at the request of athlete two, who was then outside the United States, entered a residence in the vicinity of Jacksonville, Florida. So this person would be out of the United States um, on July 12th and 13th. That's July 12th and 13th. So that's the other we one. have so, any results of July 12th and 13th in the U.S.? Uh, you would have to dig into that. Did not I did not go that far but that would be something where a, a person you know who's who's not athlete too would would probably want to raise that bit of information as counter programming and and or counter narrative and say hey listen um it's not me i was outside the united states i mean do you think there's any way we get to the beginning of outdoor season and they haven't figured out who this is and they haven't reported it i don't wait okay, hold on so you're saying that in order to be um, a, a, a suspect, you had to have been outside the country on July 12th and 13th? Or so you had to be according inside the country? To, according to the release, I'll read it again. On or about July 12th or 13th, individual one at the request of athlete two, who was then outside the United States. So if, if they were out, if they were in the United States, let's just say this. If they were in the United States on July 12th and 13th, then that's support for them not being athlete number two, right? Because they would have been in the residence. Because the the individual one helped them gather some belongings and move them to a storage facility, according to this. So okay, so thing about July twelfth and thirteenth, uh, that is during the Monaco and the uh, the um, Gateshead Diamond Leagues. Gates right. So again, yeah, yeah. So a lot of these guys were at yeah. either of those meets. So yeah. it doesn't really narrow it down too much. Yeah. So same thing with the hamstring injury. It's like, how, how are you going to possibly interpret that? Because it's going to probably involve multiple people. So 
I think I think we'll be we'll be able to find out soon enough. I think even something might leak as well too. I mean, far less secretive. I mean, far more secretive stuff has has leaked out in the past. But we'll we'll find out. I mean, certainly it's from an anti-doping perspective. I'm sure they're glad that this is out there. This is real jail time too that this guy's facing, and I, I wonder. Is there somebody above him on the ladder too? Right? And I mean, because this could potentially go into other sports as well. This could be just the tip of the iceberg here too. I don't know where he was in terms of stature. I know he professed to be a kinesiologist and, you know, had homeopathic medicine in, in El Paso, but maybe there's another connection there as well. Uh, we shall see. Any last words before we go to Boston? Um, I'm I'm looking up. So... Pretty much every athlete was close or was realistically out in the country during this time. Pretty much mm -hmm. every athlete. So we don't really narrow it down based off of uh, this, that little tidbit, because everyone was out of the country during mid-July to run European races. Mm -hmm. The mystery of athlete so. two lives on. We shall see. All right, ready to go to Boston? One athlete that wasn't, though, you could argue technically maybe no, the, the Jamaican athlete ran at the American Track League on July 18th mm -hmm. and likely was probably in the country. So you might be able to remove him, but again, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to accuse or unaccuse anyone. So mm -hmm. <laughs> let the people wow. figure it out on the internet. Let's just put up a poll. Should we make a poll? Who do you guys think is athlete two? <laughs> athlete two poll. Who do a power ranking? That's like not. I want to know most... individual one. I want to know individual one. I, I'm more interested in individual one. The the much much that you you your uh, method for narrowing down out of all the people on the globe would be much tougher with individual one because it doesn't say where they live, or if they're a man or a woman. So you really start with seven billion people and you got to work your way down from there. Should Thank you, Boston? Russell. But Adam Jamelli. I said his name wrong. I said Gamelli. It's Jamelli. So. Well, they they said Jamili. Oh, Jamili. 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 Just be the difference in accents. Oh, speaking of the chat, uh, Tom asked, "Will Kevin's Kings get priority when you open call up calls live call?" Yes, Kevin's Kings will go first, then Gordon's uh, people. If you're a member, I will go after that. So, but if you gotta represent me well, so call in with something good. That's all I ask. And then say, I'll hang up and listen at the end because I've always wanted to be on a show that says that. It'll make my dream come true. <laughs> uh, Judson asks, what a waste of resources. Seriously, the FBI. And then David says, in my opinion, doping became a financial crime when track became a professional sport. A doped winner, especially in the Olympics, takes away an opportunity to make living a living to non-medals. Getting a medal months down the road never makes up for the potential earnings a real-time medal could have earned. All right, we'll move on. Thanks for the feedback. Yeah, it is a financial crime in a way. Yeah, you're stealing money yeah. from someone else. Well, and I encourage people to read the uh, full 10-pager about the Rodchenkov Act and like how they define a major international sports competition is interesting because this only applies for major international sports competitions. It applies to non-athletes. And part of the reason like I'm mentioning is it's saying um, like that major international sports competition has to be 
It says the competition organizer or sanctioning body receives compensation for the rights to broadcast the competition in the United States. So they're really establishing like you have caused injury to a company or an entity in the United States. Um, so, I mean, there's a bunch of different categories it could fall into if it's governed by the anti-doping rules. Um, that's, that's one of the criteria that it needs to meet. But basically if it has financial support from somebody that does business in the United States, then um, it's eligible, right? So if your title sponsor is Coca-Cola, right? That would be, you're, you're saying that by defrauding that competition, you're doing harm to, to the people involved and you can be subject to this act. So yeah, this is like a big one to come out of the gate with. Like this is a very high profile way to use the Rodchenkov Act. And I, I, going back to your earlier part, I wonder, I wonder if it will have an impact on, on people. Now, no law stops all crime. We know that because we exist in society. But, but I mean, this is serious jail time. And again, I, I think he's going to be incentivized to talk if he has more information about other people. So we'll see where it leads. Uh, what do you think on uh, Boston? Men's It's loaded. Yeah, yeah. Go through the highlights for me. I mean, Bekele, Lisa DeSessi, DeSessi, is that right? DeSessi, Camarmore, Camarmore. Okay, maybe I'll do this. should not put me on this job. I am bad with names. Jeffrey Camaro. Travis, Travis, stop the clip. Travis, stop the clip. Let's restart it. Yuki, the Japanese dude who runs all the time. I'm not going to do this. You need to say the names. I'm not good with these names. Toronto. Here we go. Are you going to stop and let me do it? Or are you just going to keep going? I'm going to let you do it. Who, who's, who's running? All right. Boston Marathon, men's field, just like the women's. It's loaded. You have seven of the last eight champions of this race. And you also throw in Kennedy Spikele making his Boston debut. Jeffrey Camor making his Boston debut. And for the United States, Colin Benny, Elkanah Cabet, Scott Fobble, Jake Riley, Jared Ward, CJ Albertson. It's going to be a incredible race. Boston is benefiting, just like on the women's side of things with the men, from the fact that they don't have to compete with the London Marathon. Obviously, we don't know what Kipchoge is going to do because this was the only spring marathon. But outside of Kipchoge, you have so many big names in this race. It is going to be, it's going to be sensational, just like the women's, women's side of things. Yeah, once again, I mean, the people who probably would have gone to London are just coming here to Boston because mm -hmm. it's the only race in town or in the world. I mean, there's other races yeah. in the world, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I guess the one name I was thinking potentially could have been on it was Galen Rupp. Mm -hmm. You know, we see, uh, it's a, mm -hmm. you know, Molly and Sarah on the women's side who are running world championships. They're running Boston. So you would yeah. think that maybe Galen could do the same thing, but Galen, you know, has that connection to one. He, he loves, he does the Boston, Chicago back and forth. So it's like one of his go-to places, um, but looks like he's deciding to, I mean, maybe he wants to, I don't know why he would do. Maybe he's going to yeah. focus and run on like, go to Prague or something like that and try to run a fast time. Maybe that's his goal. Because you know yeah. you're not going to get a fast time at Boston. So maybe he wants to use the spring marathon season to find a fast race. Um, 
But that was the only name that I saw notably missing. But everyone else, yeah. it's like, yeah. And obviously, we always want a Kipchoge, but we're still, we still have to wait another season or two before we get Kipchoge running here in the U.S. <laughs> he's got to wait until he's done every other marathon and accomplished everything else before he comes to the to the uh, Boston Marathon or New York Marathons of the world. I'm I'm excited for it. You know, it's got a lot of star power here. Someone like, you know, Titus Akiru, who, you know, he DNF'd in London, but he ran sub 203 last year. You have Chirono, who's a defending champion, who I think's other than Kipchoge, I think if we didn't have Kipchoge, I think Lawrence Chirono would be number one ranked marathoner in the world right now. I want to throw a trivia question at you though, Gordon. I'm not going to get it right. I think you could. Just tell me right now. I think you could. I don't know. As I mentioned, this race has seven of the last eight champions. Which one is missing? Um, I am not typing on Wikipedia right now. I'm totally not. Uh, it's an obvious answer. Champions? It's an obvious answer. I would not ask you this if it was a person who we don't know very well. And I kicked myself when I realized what the right answer was because I looked I looked it up. Uh I don't know. Meb. Oh, Meb, yeah. Meb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Meb was within Which, the past eight years. That makes sense. Meb's around. Meb should run it. He should. Yeah. Make it eight for eight. Make it eight for eight. That'd be cool. Uh yeah. So this is this is gonna be this is gonna be terrific. I think this is gonna be, I mean, a Boston we remember on, on both both sides. That American field is pretty cool as well too. And Benny, I'm interested to see what he does after how well he's been running recently. Cabet, top American in New York. Fobble, Riley, Ward, obviously very experienced. Albertson made it really interesting in the fall. Boston. It'll be great. It'll be great. Um, okay. What are you going to talk about now? Oh, Houston. You're going to be in Houston. Tell us about Houston. Do you want to talk about Houston? Houston? Can you do a Houston preview for us? Dude, I can do the greatest Houston. Oh, you don't even want it. My Houston preview? Whew. Okay. I don't know if you can it. handle it. Let me hear it. Let me handle my Houston I'm going to lean back and just, just go. Go, go, go. Really, really, this is what happened? Okay, first of all, i got to figure out who's running the race by bringing up the start list. Um. <laughs> This marks, for those who don't know, it's the 50th anniversary of the Chevron Houston Marathon. You're just reading the headline. Great great sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) All right, no. All right, so let's start. I think the from American perspective, I think the one athlete we're most kind of keeping our eyes on to see how she's going to do is Kira D'Amato. She Mm -hmm. is, you know, in her prime, which is kind of crazy because it's – late in her career, but because she started so late, her prime is now. Um, she's run 222. Yeah. She's going to be in contention to win it. Um, mm-hmm. And there have been talks about American record attempts. I mean, Houston's a, a flat course. Mm-hmm. Weather's going to be pretty good. It's going to be early in the morning. I mean, it could happen. And that's going to be wild if someone who could barely break three hours five years ago is now on the verge of potentially running an all-time U.S. mark. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see what D'Amato does in this race. Uh, 
there's some fast Ethiopians who are going to be with her. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother saying their names because I'm really bad, but they've all run 222 as well. So she's going to have people around her at this pace. She's not going to be super solo, which is something that you kind of don't want when you're trying to go for a record. Um, and then the I think on the women's marathon side, that's going to be the main story is basically yeah. Kira D'Amato versus the clock. Uh, on yeah. the men's marathon side, um, it's not as name heavy. You co- you kind of are like, all right. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested to see what Frank Laura does. He notoriously was trying to break the American record in the half marathon a few months ago. Um, see what he can do. Can he? So whenever an American debuts, you always be like, maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the one. Yeah. Right? We're always looking for that next big marathon star on the men's side. So whenever you see a debut, you kind of keep an eye on it. Be like, all right, is his debut going to be a 212 or is his debut going to be a 209? And you're like, oh, okay. You know, so you kind of want to see how that plays out. Um, But the outside Kira D'Amato in the the full and kind of keeping an eye on, you know, a, a solid marathon field on the men's side. The half marathon is where you have a lot of big names, a lot of these people who are running this half to kind of prepare for the tracks for a 10K season or prepare mm-hmm. for Boston Marathon or just prepare right. for whatever marathon they try to decide to do in the spring. Um, we got some, I'll start on the men's side, three guys who've broken an hour already, all from East Africa. Uh, on the U.S. side, you have athletes like Reed Fisher, Reed Buchanan, Colin McCow, Matt Yano, Harvey Nelson. Brogan Austin, um, Lowie Lelang, Scott Fobble, John Dressel's making a debut. Um, Kirabella Rasa, who's been on the track lately, is making a debut. So excited for to yeah. see what those guys do. Pat Tiernan, NCA star for Villanova um, from Australia. He's run 101. He could probably be in the mix and potentially get close to a hour flat time. Um, yeah. I mean... I think this is always fast, right? People got Nike shoes on as well or carbon plated fiber plate shoes, whatever you call it. I don't know. Not just Nike shoes now. Uh, so we should see some PBs. You should see probably a surprise athlete that everyone knows. This is like all of a sudden runs like sub 61 or 60 low. And you're like, whoa, all right. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you do that? So that would be interesting. And then on the women's side, you know, Sarah Hall's there. She's yeah. the third seed. Sarah Hall, every time she runs on the on on any road course, you gotta figure you 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 gotta watch because you're like, all right, she might do something crazy like win the damn thing. Uh so Sarah Hall, I'm excited to see what she does. Can she kinda lower her not raise her name or lower her name on the top ten all time half marathon list? Is it I guess raise your name on it? Um and then there's some move other up. people. Move up. Move up the list. That's it. Move up the list. Um, Gwen Jorgensen is back for U.S. Um, you know, Fiona O'Keefe making a debut. Uh, Dom Scott's there. Sarah Pergano. Emily Durgan. Emily Durgan. She's always she's the low-key sleeper runner of 2022, in my opinion. Emily Durgan's there. Uh, mm. So, yeah. This was kind of a, a wild about preview, but I did my best. It was good. Really clippable. Uh, you know, that the people 
who you're going to care about. Sarah Hall in the half. You're going to care about Pat Tiernan in the half. You're going to care about Kira D'Amato in the full. And then you're going to care about Frank Lara making his debut in the full. Those are my top four. That's my Mount Rushmore of the 2022 Chevron Houston and full half marathon. Full and half. Yeah, full 50th and half. anniversary. 50th anniversary, of course. A big 5-0. I think Damano can win this. She can actually oh, yeah. win this race because the the top two seeds have PBs of 222, just like she does, Bisa and DeGafa. So I think it's possible that she can win this. And we know just from looking at her workouts from Strava that she's in good shape. American record? I don't know. I mean, that mark is going to fall at some point, and it may not fall from somebody who is a major marathon winner or someone who's been knocking on the, who's run 220 two times. They might just get the right day in the right pace group with the right conditions and and get it. And we know obviously times around the world have been dropping. And I think that mark is going to come down soon. Will it be in Houston? I don't know. But I think that that, that mark is going to go. Um, half, yeah, Hall will be interesting to see. Just like D'Amato, she could be in the mix for the win because that the half field doesn't have, you know, a 65-minute woman in it. You got uh, Jeff Gano at 107 and Guy at 107 and then Hall right there. I want to ask you, though, in the the men's full, when you're talking about Lara, you know, 210 used to be the standard. But then as the, the shoes came out and people's times dropped, I'm talking about for the American men. What, what would him, I guess we, we've had, we've had this question before, but like, what would be like, okay, wow, he's, he's a player on the scene. Cause I don't, if you go like 209, 59, there's enough guys around there too, to where you're like still in the crowd. What would separate him? Do you think from, um, other than, you know, the, the after Rupp group, basically. <laughs> 209, sub 209, 20. So 209 teens. I guess my faster. question is this. I guess my, my question is this. What time would he need it to know for you to have a lot of confidence that he's going to be a big part of the future of American marathoning? 209 teens. So 209, 19 or faster. Okay. Let me ask the question a third way and just see. No. Okay. 209. All right. I thought you were going to say faster. I thought you were going to say that. No, not, okay. yeah, well, there's a difference between 209.40 and 209.19, in my opinion. About 21 seconds. Yeah, but that's a big 21 seconds. Okay. That's <laughs> almost a second a mile. Yeah. No, you could be right. You could be right. I was, I'm genuinely curious. I, I, I wasn't, it seemed like I was fishing for an answer. I wasn't fishing for an answer. I, I was genuinely curious because I almost want to say, yeah, mid to low 208. Because you look at someone, and I don't know, was this was this in the shoe era when, when Leonard Career ran his fast one? Was that in the shoe era? Maybe. He ran 207.56 in 2019. Got 11th when he did it in Amsterdam. Okay. But I don't think and, – and I remember at the time saying, okay, clear number two to Rupp. And maybe even he's able to challenge Rupp. But that never happened. 
I just got to consider it's a debut. He's yeah. younger. Career had already been around the world many times on the track and in life. So I think Frank Lara, I shouldn't, ex- I'm not going to expect him to run his 207 in race one. I'll expect yeah. him to run that in race number five. So mm-hmm. I, 209.19 is my, is my number for a debut of a young guy. Okay. I like it. And you're going to be there interviewing all the big players. Getting all do the my scoops. best. Get all the scoops. M- multiple scoops. Here's the thing, though. Marathon starts at 7 a.m. Central Time. So let's imagine they all start, right? That means they're done by, what, 9, 20? Mm-hmm. Take some time to recuperate, get up, whatever. Probably not interviewing them until like 9.45, maybe even 10 o'clock, right? Here's the thing. The Eagles have a playoff game at noon. So that means I have to get this all done in that two-hour period, and then I'm out. I got I to gotta get to the bar and watch my Eagles get blown out by the Buccaneers. So <laughs> I have to – it's, it's yeah. going to be a busy Sunday for me. And my girlfriend's also running the race, so I have to be a cheerleader there. Got to, you mm-hmm. know – and out the lot water bottles tasks. and all that stuff. So a lot she of tasks. Half, half or the full? Run the half. half. Okay. Well, half, half. how many water bottles are you going to hand out in a half? Half as many. Okay. You're not actually handing out water bottles. We know that. No. So no. I mean, I'll, I wish you. I'll probably have one to hand at the finish line. But here you go. I kept it. Is it a point to you. point or is it loop? No, it's a loop. Okay. Do you have all your spots yeah. picked out for where you're going to cheer? I haven't figured it out yet. I'm not, yeah, it's too early. It's only Friday. I got, I got 48 hours to figure this one out. Well, I wish you luck in doing I that. Time. I wish you I'll be rooting for your Eagles. As someone who cheers Thank against you. Tom Brady, I'll be rooting for your, your Eagles. I hope they are able to pull it off this weekend. And I hope you'll be able to get a lot of good interviews. There are a lot of great, great content for people. I have some breaking news for you. Okay. Is it about athlete two? Uh, no, it's not athlete two. Isaiah Harris has signed with Brooks Beast. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jordan, Ribich, and Kerr. Devin Dixon's there. A few others. Devin Dixon's there? Oh, Brand- Devin Dixon's there and Brandon Kidder, obviously. But yeah. Oh, wow. It looks like Brooks Beast is becoming like Penn State U, right? If you are a great mid-distance Penn State athlete, you know, they got Cass Loxham, Brandon Kidder, and now Isaiah Harris. Man, I'm, I'm also. I mean, Dixon, was, he had that run at Texas A&M where he was so good, yeah, so Pre-pandemic. good. And then, and then Hopple got him a t- couple times, and I think we were like, oh man, Dixon underperformed. And based on how he'd run earlier in the year, we thought he could go faster. But then Hopple was just freaking good, which is what we learned, yeah, later on. So <laughs> top three in the, I, in the world, good. <laughs> yeah, I've I've always I've always wondered that. So wow, that's. You haven't really seen that many concentrated signings recently. Yeah. Of like bigger name people. So, man, so Isaiah Harris is going to go from State College to Seattle. Trip. That's a that's a big move. Well, and he's from Maine. He's from Maine too. That's a really long trip. I don't think he's like I, I mean, I know. Be, I don't, 
it's, I'm not I don't worried. Think he's commuting worried to it. track no. practice in Seattle. It's not like he gets on a four-hour flight every morning to go to do a, a temple run and then come back. I don't think that's. I'm just he, saying it's a big shift. It's a big shift. People, you know, gravitate usually back towards home because of familiarity, and he's striking out on his own. So let's take a look at the um, the 800-meter uh, field in the U.S. right now. So last year, I'm looking at. Let's look at outdoor. Like, where do you think Isaiah Harris right now is in the, the world? Right. So Clayton Murphy ran 143. Isaiah Jewett, 143. Bryce Hopple, 144. Donovan Brazier ran 145, but obviously was hurt. And then Isaiah yeah. Harris was a 144. So Harris is, you know, the fourth, is either going to finish third, fourth, or fifth, I think at the U.S. trials in June, mm-hmm. right? Because he's, he's, he's going to make the final. I think Isaiah Harris's um, success is really going to be based off of how good Donovan Brager decides to be. Like, is he 100%? If Donovan's 100%, I get what you're saying. Then it, I get what you're saying. Then it becomes a two-person two slot, right? So You're saying he's solid. He's consistent and solid. and He's going to be in that three, four, five range if Brazier returns to Brazierness and Hopler Murphy, you know, run as they're capable of. Oh, and I realized Brazier has the buy, so you don't even yes. have to worry about him. So yep. he's basically has to beat out one of Jewett, Hopple, Murphy, Brandon Miller. This is the year. You know, this is the year for the men's eight hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the beasts have. Kidder, Harris, Dixon, Kerr, among that is others. A hell of a DMR. That's what I'm saying. Are we gonna are we gonna play the DMR game again? Usually the DMR game's kind of lame, but like, you know, you got the Pete Julian Group, newly named Union Athletics Club, lining up with, and they got they got Charlie Hunter now and Angles and Brazier. I, I would they, take. I think I would take the. I would take the Beast DMR over the Union Athletics DMR. Let's play it out right now. Beast would lead off with Kidder, right? Yeah. Who would uh, Union Athletics Dixon. lead off with? Oh, uh, yeah. No, no. Who? No, you... no I'm doing Be- Beast. Would go, Beast would go Kidder to Dixon to Harris to Kerr. And Dixon yeah. is a legit elite 400-meter runner, which a lot of exactly. other groups don't have. So Union um, – Union would go. Hold on, I'm. Just, do they have a fourth guy? Yeah, who who would the fourth guy be? Well, hold on. Let, let, let me get the let me get the roster up here. They have one, two, three. They only have three guys on their team. <laughs> Disqualified. I don't know. They could have Raven Rogers run. <laughs> could they? Could they borrow somebody? They got to be able to have somebody sub in. So, I mean, you'd put you'd put. You'd put angles on the mile, and you'd put uh, Brazier on the twelve, and you'd put Charlie Hunter on the eight. That's what you would do. Yeah, so Brazier would probably beat Kidder. Kerr would beat Angles, and then Hunter and Isaiah Harris. I would feel like would be a wash. Okay. Then you have then comes- Bowerman. So Bowerman runs. I think I don't, you open. They don't have any shot. You got Centro. 
You got Josh Thompson. You got McGordy. Fast eight. They can't run fast eights and twelve hundreds. Come on. I think you put. It comes down to the mile, Gordon. You ever watched the DMR? I know. I have watched the DMR. I think you put. But yeah. Bartlesmeyer. I you go. <laughs> you go. I mean, McGordy's run three thirty-five. Yeah, but I feel like all these guys' 800 speed is like 148, 147. When you're going up against 144 speed, it's very different. Uh, well, I know, but maybe they need to. They maybe they need to just shift the training a little bit. I'm trying to get more teams in this this meet. <laughs> this meet so you go. Creating? I mean, Lamong back in the day ran to get 800. Maybe bring him back. That's I true. think he. I I think B Bowerman could put together a a noteworthy team. Again, I wouldn't pick them to win, but I mean, you have Centro and Thompson, and a, I don't mean like Fisher off strength could run like a pretty good twelve hundred leg, and then maybe you could shift, maybe you could shift. I mean, you could pr- maybe shift one of those milers down to the eight or something like that to do it. Yeah. All right. Who who else is in the meet? On is the On Athletics Club in the meet? On Athletics, yeah. I mean, they got Klecker. You can run a probably good mile. Beamish. Uh, no, no, they are well. Beamish and Hor, you put on. You put Hor on the on the anchor, Beamish on the twelve. Do they have an eight? Yeah. No one see that's the thing. No one no one gets it. No one has a good eight and four. Beasts have the have the Villarreal? eight and four on lock. Villarreal, okay, Villarreal can run a good eight. Eh, but not great. And then you make Ritz good. you make Ritz run the quarter. Yes. Everyone how about this? Everyone's coaches have to run the quarter. Run the, oh, okay. that'd be great. Yeah. You get Ritz on the four, you get Danny Mackey run the four, you get Pete Julian run the four. You get Schumacher running the four. That would be great. Oh, because that's like the equalizer. What's another group? Is there another group out here we're not thinking of? I mean, OTC, but I don't know who they have. Um, I don't know. Uh, let me look. Oregon. I mean, they got Nigel Amos. So yeah. There's an 800-meter runner. If you want an 800-meter runner, there you go. You got good. Blankenship. Blankenship. Hassan Mead. Will no. Paulson? Will Paulson? No. Sieti? Yeah, you know. Jake Hayward? Actually, no, they, they wouldn't be bad. Well, because you're basically saying the 800 matters a lot. So if you have a guy who's run 141, you put him in there. Sure. And then and then between um, Paulson, Sieti, Hayward, Blankenship, you can get you can get the Who wins who wins a four hundred between Mark Rowland, Pete Julian, Nathan Ritzenhine, and Danny Mackey. Who wins that 400? What's that order? I think I'd and go. How fast? Do any of them? Do any of them break 60? I think. Yeah, I think Ritz could still break 60. I just go on. Okay. Huge. Do any of them break go, 55? I'd no, go no Ritz. I'd go Ritz, Mackey. Roland Julian Schumacher. Roland. Yeah. Yeah. Julian Roland Schumacher is what I would do. Julian All right. We, Schumacher last. Schumacher last. Oof. We got it. We got a new environment check club. We got another entry in here. Uh, the Cooper tier Cole Hawker crew. Cause they have James West too. Well, yeah. Well, does that count as a group? I think that counts as a group. It counts. They're training together. But they seem to name. They would win. They would win. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You put they that and then who's I guess the the well, who's their eight hundred is running the four hundred. 
Well, who's that? Who's the eight hundred guy? James West runs the eight hundred. Okay, but that's so you think they would be, they would be able to contend, but Bowerman couldn't. I think I think they would be good. Uh, very nice track club in the mix. Hob Kessler, Nick Willis. We got Furlick. Furlick. Yeah. They don't have eight hundred. I don't see the eight hundred. James West can run a good eight hundred. I thought. I thought he ran like one. I mean, forty-six once. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I know, but I'm just telling you, like Nigel Amos is run one forty-one. Yeah, West's well on Tifers. It's one forty-eight, but. That might not include everything. No, never believe Tifers. Um, I don't know. I, li- I, live I just want to see the coaches on a 400. That's what I want. We should put it at the end of the track at uh, USA's. <laughs> I'm impressed that the, the Beasts have this good of a squad here. This is impressive. And we get them. Answer. We tell them if your coach wins the 400, get they get to pick one of their athletes as a wild card entry into the, <laughs> into the, US, into the Worlds. All right, James West, 800 PB. Yeah, 148, man. Okay. Montila. You're right. So, I think they would contend, though, cause, but you still have – I'm not counting anybody's DMR team out because of an 800 leg. That's never been the case in all of human history. Oh, another entry. Last entry, Notre Dame. Because they have to be in Notre, Notre Dame. Dame or, they, just, they just go in. Or an, an Ole Miss, Notre Dame and Ole Miss. Yeah. Newberry yeah. Park. And Newberry Park. <laughs> Let's get them all. That would be great. The young, current, the old, and old. Um, yeah. Tom says, like Tinman, Tinman would struggle, Tom says. And then um, other Tom, Tom W says, Mitchell Black can run 147 on very nice track club. So, yeah, I think they, they get in. They get in. Yeah. Um, we need 12 teams. Like, we, we'll go up to 12 teams. So. I'm yeah. letting everybody in. And it's on an indoor track, right? Yeah. Indoor? Okay. Live on flow track? Always. Speaking of how live much on money, flow track. How much money would it take to get this meet, this race to happen? And for them to try? More than people pay. For them all to get on a plane. Get on a plane and go to a facility. And not run any other race to, to, to like focus on this one. This is their one race. They're trying to run it all out. Yeah. Costs a lot of money. Tom asks, now do podcast DMRs? Well, here's the thing. Every pro runner now has a podcast. Yeah. So because we lose. that's what's happening in every sport. All the athletes are doing podcasts. So we would get, we would get crushed. Uh, I mean, there's literally a podcast with Morgan McDonald, Oliver Hoare, and Jordy Beamish. So you'd know how that one would go. If we uh, were put together our DMR, though, we no. I guess Lincoln will be on our team. We'd bring him back from the grave. <laughs> no. We and then put, who's our fourth leg? We don't have a fourth leg. No, we have Olivia around the corner. So, so okay. we have some respectability there with Olivia. Put Olivia there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you run the eight. I'd run the 12 because I'd try to save face and hope it went tactical and then put Lincoln on the mile. That's what we do. Uh, speaking of live on flow, the uh, VA showcase is this weekend. So check that out. Um, we got a cool 1K matchup brewing, Roisin Willis and Sophia Gararian. So check that out. I went to the uh, went over to Mile Split, checked out the uh, top records that could fall 
So they're both entered in the the 1K, and then they're also going to be at the 500. So going down in in distance in the 500. So just a lot of fast high school action traditionally happens at the VA showcase. Some of the most famous records from years past have come from that meet if you're not familiar with it. So that'll be live on the site this weekend. Yeah, and on the, on the men's side, there's some pretty good athletes as well. Um, someone, Justin Braun, who one of the faster sprinters in the country. He's going to be there running a 300. Um, in the, I believe, yeah, two-mile. Reinhardt Harrison right now is scheduled to run in the two-mile. He's, uh, I believe he's from Florida. He's signed with Oregon. He has an 8.47 seed time. Mm -hmm. So two-mile indoor. Doesn't run that often. Because a lot of times they run the 3,200, but. Why not Harrison in that two mile should be an interesting race to watch. Mm -hmm. Check it all out this weekend. As Gordon says, first full weekend of indoor track and field. Anything else you want to mention before we go? No, check out the site. Like you said, we, we do so many shows. Now we got the flow track rankings show. We have the flow track podcast. We have the NCAA track and field show. We have this week in track. We have race breakdowns and workout Wednesdays. Soon we'll be coming back to the site. Ooh. So, hey. Brand new ones. Up. Brand new ones bunch. produced by yours truly and the other guy on the side of this podcast. It's going to be high level stuff. Some and we'll probably name. start bringing back Tasty Race of the Week and Kick of the Week because we got track now. We got track is back. It's going to be awesome. Bring it all back. Bring back Fenton, Alex Lore, every just the all yeah. just everything from the glory days. Send you to Europe just, all summer, Gordon. Let's just go back to, to 2013 and 12 when life was a much simpler time. Right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Colt for producing all week. Remember, we're trying live calls out next week. So stay tuned for that. Thanks to Travis. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the track and field. We'll talk to you on Monday.